All right, welcome. Um, glad to have you here this evening and there will be folks that will come in and they'll look over here and they'll think, I guess we're supposed to sit over here. <laughs> or Charlie might have to point them that way. Uh, sure glad you're here tonight. Betty, you're on a different side tonight. That's all right, though. Thank you so much. Uh, you ho Charlotte's in the three-year-old class. She's usually back. Well, she is. Uh, hopefully, everybody's got a handout. Did, did you get a handout coming in? That would be helpful. If you didn't, Alan's got uh, a number of them back here. Um, this is the last uh, of this seven-part series. A couple of things I want to say before we jump into this. All of these have been recorded, being recorded right now, and whatever is said will, whatever it is, will uh, uh, tomorrow, uh, I'll post it on Facebook, I'll post it on Twitter. If you don't do any of that, but you would just like to have access to it, if you'll, if you'll give me your email address, I'll shoot you a link that you can get to it, um, and that, that might be helpful. Um, This is the very last class of this series. And so what I would really like is for uh, us to leave. And in some way, we kind of tied this together. So if it doesn't if it doesn't look if it doesn't feel like it got tied together and it's just kind of all raveled, maybe you can just kind of catch hold of one of those strings there and it'll be helpful. But I, I do think if we can kind of, if you'll kind of stay with me till the end, uh, I'm going, I want to give us a take home that I think could be helpful. Um, what we're going to do tonight is basically fly over the last six weeks. And so I've got a little piece out of each week. And there was a reason why we did what we did each week. And then we're going to land at the end and we're going to talk about so what? Well, what is the take home? And I really believe that lots and lots and lots of us at one point or another deal with fear. Uh, I do and I suspect you do. And the fear can kind of look different differently depending upon what the issue is. Uh, the 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 fear that I encountered upon my father's passing a few years ago uh, was very different. On the other hand, grappling with the issues of adult children. Some of you know that uh, can be very different uh, fears involved in, you know, just looking in the mirror one day and you think, who is that old guy? What happened to the guy that just graduated from high school a few years ago or college, you know, and, and what happened? And where'd all that time go? Uh, and then there's just fears that have to do with the what ifs, you know, the, the midnight dramas or three in the morning dramas where you're thinking, oh, my goodness, what if this happens? Well, the way we deal with with fear uh, it can be really helpful or what often happens is we get stuck. 
And some of us have, have sort of a default way of dealing with fear. It can be anything from pretending that I'm not afraid. It's all good. It, I, uh, pretending I'm, am, I'm not afraid uh, or, or pretending that, uh, oh, I've just got this faith that's so strong. Uh, boy, nothing even phases me. Yeah, it's a bad thing, but my goodness. Or pretending uh, or, or what some of us do is we just get angry. You know anybody like that when they're afraid, they just get angry and watch out. Uh, what we're invited to do in the, new, in, the, in the Bible, I was going to say the New Testament, but it's actually both Testaments. What we're invited to do is to experience a life of courage or bravery or faith, the word that's often used, where we trust in God right smack dab in the middle of unsolved problems. I'm choosing all those words very carefully. Trusting God in the middle of unsolved problems. And so that's kind of where we've been. I, we just flew over. That's where we've been. I've got three questions ready to ask you. Uh, but what I think I'd like to do first is to kind of jump into this a little bit, because for some of us, uh, we haven't eaten yet. It's been a long day. Some of us ate so quickly. We can't remember quite what it was, was that tonight or last night. And, and, and I get that. And so we'll kind of jump into this and then we'll back up, ask a question. And, and I've got three questions to ask. And so if, if things start, if you feel your eyes getting heavy, uh, just say, don't you have another question you were going to ask us? So that'll be your cue. Look on your sheet, if you would. Week one. Week one uh, basically tried to kind of set the stage for what what we did, what we're going to do over these next few weeks and mention that the Bible really does speak of bravery or courage or faith. Uh, a passage like Deuteronomy 31, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord, your God goes with you and he will never leave you or forsake you. The Lord, your God goes with you. So I remember uh, I used to preach. Uh, I was telling uh, Ty a moment ago, used to preach in Waco, Texas before coming here and kind of went through this time where uh, I, I, I would look at this one particular place in the front of our big room, like our big room in here. And so I would be preaching and that one particular place, nobody ever sat. And what I would do in my mind is I would think the Lord is right there and he is with me. He is absolutely with me at this moment and I am not on my own. Uh, there, there is this sense in which we're invited to remember that the Lord is with you. Lord is with you. You get up in the morning and he's right there and you go to bed and he's right there. He is with you in all of this. So that's good. Look at the next uh, text, if you would. Psalm 63, uh, because you are my help, you are my help. I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. I cling to you. 
Okay. I don't like heights very much. I, flying doesn't bother me, but when we start, Charlotte and I were at the Grand Canyon, we start getting near the edge. I just soon back up. Well, I guarantee you, if my kids are around and they're small, and sure enough, my grandkids, you know, I, I, I'm gonna cling to them. In fact, those little three boys, those grandkids, I, I, don't, I may just squeeze their hands if they were with me. And I want God to do that with me. I don't want you just to touch me, Lord. I want you to, I want to cling to your hand. Do not let me go. Right? When you, when you, when you facing tough times, hard times, don't let me go. I don't have what it takes to manage life on my own. I need you. Bravery or courage comes from facing reality, from seeing who you are, the challenges you are facing, and accepting those challenges. The church ought to be the place where folks deal with real life and not pretend it's something else. It's where church ought to be a place where folks deal with real life for what it is and all its messiness. All right. We too, God calls for us to rely on him. That's one thing we emphasized in week two. Uh, first, remember second Corinthians one. We won't read all of that. Uh, verse eight, second Corinthians one and verse eight. Some of you will remember this. See, what I, what I know and, and, and I'm thinking is a, is a stand. Some of you were here for some of these weeks, not here for others weeks. So I've, I'm kind of keeping that in mind as we go through this. OK, but what I also know is even if you were here, it helps us to hear it again. OK, always helps me to hear it again. Second Corinthians one, verse eight. We do not want you to be uninformed brothers and sisters about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure. Now, some of us could echo those words, couldn't we? Where you've, you've just felt like you had so much on you under great pressure. Far beyond our ability to endure. You ever said this? I don't know how much more I can take. Far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God. And then this wonderful phrase after the word God here. Who raises the dead? And sure enough, raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Well, let's talk for a moment about, uh, let's do first question here. Um, you look back across the, the weeks, maybe you've been here two of those weeks. Maybe you've been here all, what is this, week seven? Maybe you've been here all the previous six weeks. Doesn't matter. Maybe you've never been here. Um, but at this moment, what stood out to you over those weeks as we talked about this God who helps us as ordinary people 
learn what it means to be brave and to live with courage right smack dab in the middle of life. That, that we, 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 that really dovetails into this whole thing of fear that we, we, we hit this situation and if we're not careful, we start fast forwarding our fears. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh, ain't it awful? And, this is, and then we just get very, very anxious and we go nowhere. We're stuck and we, yeah, very good. What else? Thank you. A- anything else just kind of stand out? There's nothing to be afraid of. Okay. Nothing to be afraid of, but we do, as human beings, we do experience fears. But in terms of, of God never leaving us or forsaking us, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, do you remember the, 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 uh, the, the cry or the lament from the cross? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, there's no footnote in your Bible where it says, we all know Jesus really shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was his real. And yet, as you say, uh, he knew who had the war. He knew his father. Very good. What else? Uh, one or two more and then we'll move, move, move a little bit. You're, you're just doing great. Jim Chester scratch, that won't count, but I mean, it went up and then it did a, uh, anybody else? Just something that struck you as we move through these weeks, something you thought about or something that was said. I don't want to just dilute. We cannot control the lives of these children. I cannot control their choices. I'd like to, (laughs) but I can't. I cannot, cannot control, you know, and some of you ha- may have smaller children. Some of us have these adult children. Um, uh, you, you know, I, Charlotte and I were talking to a friend the other day and she made this wonderful statement. She said, you know, I, I just try to do what I think I ought to do. And then I say to God, Lord, and I can't do anything about all this other involving. I'm talking about involving uh, one of her one of her children. I, I need you to work on this and handle this. This is totally out of my control. And, I, and it, you know, it helped, that helped, maybe the way she said that that just helped me. Uh, I thought, well, that's exactly right. Look at the next one, week three. Our model for this reliance is Jesus Himself. Uh, I. I kind of jumped over to chapter four here, but there is this wonderful text we read in the uh, 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 second chapter of Philippians where Paul encourages us to have this, the mind of Christ in us, have this mind in you, talks about Jesus uh, not choosing to set aside the advantages he had as he was with the father and come to the earth and and just basically unpacks that story. and, and there, there is the, well, go ahead and turn to Philippians 4, if you would. You're so familiar with this, but I think it would be good to remind us again. Chapter 4, look at verse uh, 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Uh, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, 
uh, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, uh, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Uh, he talks about having learned verse 10 and following. He's experienced uh, not having enough and he's experienced uh, enough or plenty. And then he says, verse 13, I, I've learned the secret of being content. Uh, I can do all things uh, through him who gives me strength. And I, I love, uh, and this is just one model here out of Philippians 4, but a model for trusting in Christ's sufficiency. Uh, one might be to, for, for me to, to rejoice in the nearness of the Lord. To rejoice in the nearness of the Lord. The Lord is near. And what I want to do is the Lord, as, as, I, as I realize that the Lord is near, that instead of becoming anxious, I want to pray. And do you all know what happens to you when you become anxious? I mean, do you, do you, do you know what happens to your body? I'm not talking about, you know, in terms of, Literally, but I just mean in terms of what you can feel. Uh, sometimes I just feel a tightness. Sometimes I feel, uh, you know, I don't know, my head just throbs sometimes when I feel anxious. Um, Paul says, you know, instead of just kind of going that route, start praying and, and present those petitions to the Lord. And I'm glad, you know, for him to say that because uh, the, the fear in me, the default in me to be afraid wants to get into a good, anxious, ain't it awful. You know, and so what I can do, what we can do is go, OK, I know what he says about prayer, but I think, you know, this is bad. Oh, good grief. If this goes this way, you know, what's going to happen. Oh, my goodness. And then here we go. And it's almost like Paul is saying, instead of going that route, pray. And, and the, the, the specifics, present those as petitions to the Lord. And there's a certain peace you can experience, he says, in all of that. Look at number three. Uh, he says, not, not only do we pray with thankfulness, with thankfulness as we as we do this in these anxious moments, but I choose to deliberately think of what is about what is noble and right and good. Are you affected by the people you're around? Boy, I am. Um, but this can be very helpful, y'all, in terms of what I'm, what, where my head is, where your thinking is. We talked about that the other week, that if we're not careful, we can get into, you know, one of the things fear will do is fear will cause you to just dredge up every negative stinking thing you, you know, that could possibly happen. Oh my, if this happens and that happens, well, we can't pay for that. We'll go bankrupt. That will sell that. Where are we going to live? And this, you know, just bounce, mm, mm, just all of that, and just going on and on. And I, I, I love, 
I, I think I told you about my friend uh, Jay, and uh, he's a good friend. Jay's a little bit younger than me, not much. And it was good when we were in Texas, we were close friends with Jay and his wife. And he, Jay had this habit when, when things would happen that were tough, and he knew some tough times. But Jay would say, but the good news is, and he, it wasn't, I mean, he wasn't denying the pain. You know what? He wasn't one of those. It's not all that bad. No, he wasn't that way at all. What he would say is, well, you know, this is really hard and I'm not sure, I'm not sure what we're going to do about this, but the good news is we're going to go home later tonight and shut the door and know that God loves us tonight. and We'll get a good night's rest and start all over. Invariably, he would do that over and over. And Charlotte and I started doing that with one another. Uh, well, this is frustrating, and I don't know what we're going to do, you know. Wish somebody would give us a book on how do you talk to adult children. Uh, but the good news is, and then we would say something that, where we would just affirm, you know, we love one another, we, or we're alive, or whatever it is. That helped with our thinking. But you have to do that on purpose and deliberately. I want you to hear what I'm saying. I'm not talking about pretending your, your situations aren't, aren't upsetting or bad or even, even pretty awful. But just constantly perspective. The good news is God loves me. The good news is uh, whatever it is, our grandkids think the world of whatever, whatever it is. But looking for that. And then finally, this, this reminder out of Philippians 4 that we can depend on him to give us strength. And we can live with contentment whether we have enough or we don't have enough, whether it's plenty or whether we're lacking. Um, there's a Christ sufficiency in our lives. That, anyway, look at, turn your page if you would. We went to Psalm 73, where we talked about some of God's resources when, when we're discouraged. Uh, Psalm 73, God's security, God's direction, God's care, God's strength. Okay. You can take those home. You can look at those. And, and what I have found to be helpful, let's, get, let's turn there for a moment. Psalm 73. It's about time for another question, isn't it? Psalm 73. Let me read, let me read this, for a, this, and then we'll do a question. Psalm 73. Uh, this, is, this is the psalm, verse 2. My feet had almost slipped. I nearly lost my foothold. Uh, and then he says, I envied the arrogant. I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Some of you all remember this verse 13, surely in vain, I have kept my heart pure. The way we'd say it today is what is the use? What is the use? Or what's the stinking use? Why try? And then he says, verse 21, when my heart was aggrieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant I was a brute beast before you. He says, you know, God, I know I went through this time. I said a whole lot of things I shouldn't have said. And gracious, the way I was acting. And he says, uh, I've got, he's basically saying, I've got clarity. I've got some clarity now. 
I'm always with you and you hold me by my right hand and you guide me with your counsel and afterward you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you and earth has nothing I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I found it can be helpful to just pray through some of these. For instance, if you'll go to uh, verse 22, I'm always, I'm, I'm always with you. You hold me by my right hand. And just to spend some moments praying, oh, Lord, thank you for not letting me go. Jim, what is that song? Oh, love that wilt not let me go. Thank you, God that you don't let me go. Thank you that you hold on to me when I am doing just fine and when I am scared out of my mind. Thank you. And today I want to hold on to you and just kind of think about that a little bit. Or maybe pray the next verse. You guide me with your counsel. To just pray, oh, Lord, I'm so thankful that I don't have to figure out life by myself. Thank, thankful that I didn't, I didn't, I, that I wasn't born and you didn't just say, well, good luck. Uh, but, but you have given me your word and, the, and, and your presence. I'm going to stop here. Second question. If you were to pass on one thing. Not just one thing, but if you were to pass on one thing that we've seen or shared or talked about in this class to a child who would listen (laughs) or a grandchild who would listen. Aren't we kind of qualifying these? If you were going to do that, you were going to pass on just just it's not the most important thing. But here's one thing that you just kind of remember. I'd like for my son or my daughter or my grandchildren to know this one. What, what might you pass on? I told that story, I think, one of the first couple of weeks. And, and Charlie told it well. Um, she gripped, her little hand gripped my hand and we walked through dark rooms in the house out to the dark carport, got her book back in. That might be something worth passing on that to, to, to the we're talking about people who listen now that you can hold on to this hand and he won't he won't disappoint you he's not going to let you go not going to abandon you as you leave look at the week 5 as you live in the meantime in the meantime trust in God who will enable you to go forward We spent some time in the book of Habakkuk. uh, Talked about the importance of praying for God to act and knowing his presence is mighty will enable you to go forward, to believe in his deliverance and to put your life in the strength of the Lord who is not dependent on circumstances. Week six. Last week, Elijah. Even when you feel as if no one else has a life like yours. 
Number one, fear is what can swell inside our heads only to immobilize and defeat us. My fear can get larger and larger inside my head till I become immobilized and defeated. Anxiety is what happens when we fast forward our fears. It's been mentioned already. Having a plan to take small steps can move us forward and even create momentum. So here's the take home for tonight and then we're done. A couple of things that can be helpful and we're just talking about this whole seven weeks together. Number one, to acknowledge what your default is for dealing with fear. It can be really helpful if you can acknowledge what your default is for dealing with fear. When I'm afraid, I tend to withdraw. When I'm afraid, I tend to get angry and attack somebody. When I'm afraid, I tend to deny the reality of the situation. When I'm afraid, I tend to just say, oh, it'll all work out. You know, whatever, whatever that is that you do when you're afraid, it can be really, really, really helpful. You know, uh, one of the things I, I, be, I realized at some point is that when I am uh, afraid in some way, I tend to withdraw. Now, you can imagine what that said to my wife in the early years of our marriage. That was tough. Because I would withdraw and she'd say, we need to talk about it. And what are we going to talk about? And this, you know, uh, but it took me a while to realize, you know, I've been doing this most of my life when I was afraid. Just pull back and pull in. Well, it, it took a long time to deal with that. But the, one of the first things was just to absolutely tell the truth about it. That this is a default of mine. Here's a second one. Vocalize the truth of God's promise. Vocalize the truth of God's promise. I may be nervous, scared, etc., but Almighty God is with me. One reason why I think is that it, that is so helpful. And uh, somebody and I, in the, I don't think they're here tonight, but we, uh, we were talking about this last week. It is so easy to live in your head. You know, you go through the whole day and you've had all this stuff going on. Not a soul knows because it's all between your ears. And if we're not careful, our thinking become can become pretty skewed. You know, after when think about what I just described, when I'm afraid, I withdraw, I pull in, you know, well, one of the best ways to, to begin to kind of handle that a little differently is by saying aloud. And I usually am, I'm usually saying this aloud with just me in the room. OK, I'm not talking to people, but to say aloud, God is with me, even though I'm kind of anxious right now. God is with me. God is with me, even though this situation with the daughter scares me to death. God is with me, even though I'm not sure how we're going to handle this situation, whatever. You know, you know what I'm saying? Just the act of vocalizing it for a moment gets it out of your head. Is that? Number three, envision what it might be like to be confident of God's provision and care in this situation. So here's what I want to do. I, I, 
I acknowledge, uh, if I go default on this, all I'm going to do is withdraw, you know, pull in everything. Uh, I, I don't want to do that. That's it, a dead end street. One of the places I could start is just by vocalizing. I, Lord, I want to trust in you. Sometimes I pray aloud, in the, especially early in the mornings when Charlotte's still asleep. I find that just I'll, uh, I'll just say, Lord, I am I'm kind of bothered for some reason this morning, woke up that way and I need to know that you're with me and I believe you are, but I'm depending on you today. Well, the third thing I want to do is to envision what I would like to be like if I trusted in the Lord. And so I'll just think in my head, I'll think. How would I like to be handling this? instead of withdrawing or, in, or whatever your default is. How would I like to be handling this? I think I would like to be handling a lot of situations kind of like that woman I, I described a while ago, our friend, where I just say, now here's something I can do. This little one thing. Now, Lord, most of this mess, I can't do anything. It's somebody else's decision, somebody else's thing. I need... Please intervene in this. Now, this part over here where I need to make a certain telephone call or write a certain note, I can do that. You know what I'm saying? I'm out, here's, here's what's going on. Number one, I'm out of my head. And I'm starting to think about what I can do, not what I can't do. But on the other hand, I'm looking at God and I'm saying, God, this mess is bigger than me. I don't know what to do. And I really need you to do something and I'm asking you to do it. And then finally, I want to take the next right step, knowing that God will either provide deliverance from trouble or deliverance in trouble. We talked about that one week. Sometimes or when we pray, one of our one of our favorite prayers and my one of my favorite prayers is, Lord, get us out of the situation. Make the sick not sick. Make the mess go away. I mean, yeah, <laughs> deliverance from trouble. And does God do that sometimes? Absolutely. And some of us have stories. Sometimes, though, we're praying for deliverance in the trouble. Lord, the hurricane is all around me. And I'm praying that you'll deliver me in the middle of this mess. It's not going to go away. But you're praying that he'll see you through. Does that make sense? See you through. Lord, I got this cancer. I've prayed about it. It's not going away. Please deliver me in this mess. See me through. That's what our friend was. Charlie alluded to it. That's what our friend was asking. Get me through the mess in the mess. So it's fine to pray for deliverance from the mess, but I don't want to give up when it doesn't go away. If it doesn't go away, I want to continue and say, Lord, right smack dab in the middle of the mess. Would you walk with us and, and deliver us in it? You say, that's hard. Sure it is. It is very hard. And the Bible is full of, of examples of people that just went through very tough times. But God was present. Uh, 
storm was going on. Everyone offered several hours before Jesus came out there. He didn't come out right away. That's right. Yeah, yeah, very good. Now, the, the, the last four, the take-homes, um, you might just think about, see if that's helpful to you. It may not be helpful. If it's not, don't worry about it. But if it is helpful, if, if one or two of these are helpful, and so, so that there's a sense in which you're just taking a step